And that site-specific module will say, what's the mobile reception look like? What's the laundry situation? Do you have to do your own laundry? Is it done for you? All these little questions. So we'll personalize that to the site. And then in conjunction with that, we'll also have some virtual tours available. That way, before you actually get on site, you know what your dong is going to look like. You know where the mess hall is. You know what that looks like. And it's not just so you know what it looks like. It means that your family members and significant others have context on what life is really like for you as the worker. Mm. And that is freaking huge. You know, I'm a FIFO wife. Who, who the hell am I to help tell FIFO workers how to all of a sudden start working on sites? Well, I'm not the person, but I've collaborated with some really awesome people. And that's because I grew a set and just put myself out there and just started talking to people. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cut mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? You must be rich. Oh, how do I get a job doing that? My mining friends are asked these questions all the time too. This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Welcome to the Beers with a Miner podcast. I am Mab Mumsy and this is another Happy Hour episode, number 43. Now let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? I <laughs> crack me up. Today, I'm chatting with Renee Komen. Last year, I was excited to discover another Australian podcast related to mining, although different to beers with a miner, it was more focused on partners at home, juggling FIFO. After 18 episodes, the podcast seemed to stop. I wondered why. It's not as easy as people may think, and I've spoken about pod fading before because I came close. Then I started noticing Renee popping up again on social media and through a few other connections, I realized she's really moving and shaking. I won't spoil the story for you. Let's unfold it together and welcome to the podcast, Renee. Hello. It's uh, really good that we finally get to do this. We were going to do it when you had your podcast, but... um... You've been doing other things. So. I have been. I have been. Um, look, it's been amazing. It was funny. I had, uh, you know, the Facebook anniversaries come up with certain things and I had the anniversary for launching the first episode in December and the one-year anniversary and I was like, wow, what, uh, what has transpired over the last 12 months has been nothing short of amazing. So, um, yeah, really glad that we're finally having this conversation. Yes, it's awesome. And it's so good to interview someone who firstly knows what a podcast is. <laughs> and you're definitely the first podcaster I've ever interviewed. Wah, wah, history. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and, but we still had our tech issues anyway, so. I know. Oh, my goodness, yes, yes. <laughs> we are sorted. As this podcast is called the Beers with a Miner podcast, I like to start these happy hour episodes with my guests sharing their favourite beverage and also their favourite time to enjoy it. It could be beer, wine, spirit, or perhaps even a cup of tea. What is yours, Renee? So at the moment, my favourite drop is a Brookvale ginger beer. 
Um, it's actually brewed by Four Pines. Um, it just goes down a treat. I am totally obsessed with it. Um, having said that, I don't have any at the moment. So right now I'm having um, my next backup, which is just a good IPA. And this one's by Goose Island. Uh, it's a new one my hubby got. So he'll get home soon and he'll be like, you're drinking my beers. What are you doing? But, um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my... My uh, choice for today, uh, as of when during the day, I think it really depends what's going on. Um, if I'm at home just with the kids, if I'm camping or it's just a, a normal working day, yeah, it could be any time of the day to be honest. <laughs> and uh, do you drink wine at all, like with, with dinner or do you just drink beer and that's all? Because I haven't met many people like that on this show. <laughs> Yeah, look, I I do really enjoy wine as well. It's more to do with, I think, the occasion and just how I'm feeling at the time. I tend to have all of my options covered here at home. I've got my gin, uh, which is my choice for spirits. Then I have, you know, my white wine. I've got my red wine. And then I've got my beer as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm covered. (laughs) Um, And with your gin, how do you have it? Pretty much, um, I love it with like ginger ale. That's always good. Uh, there's a couple of ways I like it, but I mean, you're you're pretty easy if you're just having um, tonic water as well. Gin and tonics, pretty pretty easy. <laughs> so you like craft beer more than what I would call real beer. Stop you! Controversy, right? <laughs> There we go. That's an interesting conversation. Well, because I like beer that tastes like beer and I've noticed that a lot of people who drink the craft beers like Mm -hmm. it because it doesn't taste like beer. I just love beer. Um, (laughs) Having said that, my husband and I, one of our big things we would love to do is have a bit of a hobby farm and I, in a heartbeat, would move to Tasmania and start growing hops um, and have that as our as our farm, you know, just to grow the hops for all the beers. That oh, would be in heaven. I'd be pretty pretty happy with that. Perfect guest on my show. This should, this should be yeah. the intro. <laughs> Someone who wants to yes. have a beer farm, aspiring hops farmer. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. And when you drink red wine, this is another controversial conversation. Do you put ice blocks in your red wine, or do you have a cold, oh, or do you what? have it room temperature? Room temperature. Who puts ice blocks in red wine? Oh my god! Room temperature isn't meant to be thirty-three degrees and eighty-five percent humidity. No, that's a fair point. Uh, How much does that impact? Like, if you're not storing the wine, you know what I mean. Like, how you can, um, like, how much does that affect? the actual wine before you've even opened Probably it. Probably a lot. That's that's why you have to drink it fast. <laughs> Dear, no, that's fine. Yeah, well, my mum, she has her red wine in the fridge, so it's cold, but I have mine mm-hmm. out in the wine rack because it looks good in my kitchen, <laughs> and then I yeah. put ice in it. But I've started putting it in the fridge, but I still have got the habit of putting ice in it, and we've had big conversations at sacrilege and all that, but... We live in tropical North Queensland. We're not in England where it's their room temperature is like you're in the, you know, in a fridge here. So, yes. Oh. Yeah, that's right. 
having said that, over the Christmas break, I did get a bottle of wine. I put it in the fridge, pulled it out, and I didn't realise it was actually, um, it was a Pinot, but it was a red, and I poured it, and I was like, uh-oh, and I just drank it anyway, and it wasn't that bad. So I did have a chilled a, red accidentally A recently. chilled red. Oh, I like the sound of that, a chilled red. Yeah, you've got to step out of your comfort zone, girl. <laughs> Gonna disrupt, disrupt any way possible. That mumsy will make you disrupt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's get stuck into your story. Other than the alcohol conversation, the podcast was called Juggling FIFO, and you obviously saw a need, as I did, to talk about the industry and what you know what's going on and what people don't understand, don't realise what it's like, and how to start to be able to deal with it and handle it and thrive and survive within the industry. So um, how did how are you connected to the FIFO industry? It's been four years now since my husband first accepted a fly-and-fly-out uh, job and that was based in Gladstone, Curtis Island. We didn't know what we were kind of getting in, like what we were in for. We had an idea and that's my best friend. Her partner was also doing it at the same time. And we were really lucky, to be honest, that we had them because they just gave us so much practical advice. Um, you know, you talk to people when they first take the job and they're like, do I pack a pillow? Do I need to worry about, like, you just don't know what to take. So our mate, he said, you know, like, have a wireless router, have this, have this, have this, that way, you know, you can connect all your devices wirelessly in your room, etc. And it was all those little things that made it a lot easier because had we have not been able to physically see him on a video call every night, and when I say we, um, I'm referring to myself and my two daughters, and if we couldn't see him. How old were your kids when he first started? started? Crikey. Maybe my youngest was four, maybe five. And then my eldest, she would have been about eight because they're 12 and almost nine now. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, had we not have been able to see him every day, oh, my God, I don't think we could have got through it very long at all. So that's how where how I kind of started. Having said that, my dad was fly and fly out when I was younger. He was working in Guinea um, for like three months at a time and that kind of stuff. So... I knew a little bit about it from when I was a child, but my parents were separated, so it was pretty common for me not to really see him, um, you know, for long periods at a time anyway. So how did the kids hack it when he first left? Yeah, it's funny because I was actually talking to someone about uh, some of these things yesterday, so it's kind of a bit fresh in my mind. But, look, when we started, I, out of the three of us, between the two girls and myself, I was probably the one that was more batshit scared, to be honest. Um, and that's because I just have this phobia of someone breaking into my house. Um, and that's just based on that actually happening in the past, you know, having a house intruder. So I was really scared of that. I have no problems, you know, with hubby going out to the pub and having beers with the boys but I couldn't sleep until he was home because any little noise outside, I would be scared. So that was probably the biggest adjustment, you know, just having to actually fall asleep without him here in the house to protect us, um, just from a, a psychology 
kind of um, standpoint. As for the girls, they really just feed all my energy in general. So I just had to emphasize, you know, Dad's away, we're going to see him tonight. And when we talk to him, you know, we're going to do this. And you've just got to, they feed on you. So I had to really show them that I was being strong and that's what helped really get them through. We also made sure, so my youngest was going through and starting to do her school readers and, and what have you. So yeah, just prior to him leaving, we made sure that we had two copies of a lot of our favourite children's books and that enabled him to still read a book to her every night because he would have a copy and she'd have a copy and they could look at the same imagery and ask questions and, um, you know, question and, and talk about different characters within the book and, you know, kind of make predictions about what's happening next. So it was all those little things that made the transition a lot easier um, for both of them. You know, he still felt like he was still being a good dad and was, you know, being the provider and that's, you know, obviously what getting the lifestyle provides for a lot of people. It allows a little bit of extra income and, you know, if you're someone who really wants to be a good, not you can be a good provider without it, but um, enables a lot more opportunities. So for him, that was a massive, massive attraction to going into the lifestyle. But still, the opportunity to read a book to his girls every night was was an extra win. That's really good, isn't it? It's it's a a way that technology can really help. People poo poo social media and stuff, but if you can FaceTime. Or how did, how did you do it? Was it Yeah, FaceTime look, um, we did FaceTime. Um, but having said that, if it wasn't FaceTime, it would have been Skype or some other video conferencing uh, platform yeah. anyway. That's it. There's so many now. Absolutely. You could Zoom and record it and yeah. watch it when they're old and play it at oh, their 21st. You could. <laughs> Um, what roster was he on? Uh, so he initially started on 4 and one uh, A lot of people say four weeks on four weeks. one week off. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of people just go, oh, my God, that's the worst. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of glad. That's what I say, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad that that's all we know. So he's now on his second project. He's over at Wheatstone on the Pilbara, um, in the Pilbara at the moment and he's doing four and one there as well. So we don't know anything different. So we're, we're fortunate in that respect. That would be different for him though because there's a lot more travel time getting to Wheatstone than Gladstone. Because for, the, for those that don't know, uh, could you just, if you want to, share where you're based? I am based on the amazing Sunshine Coast, uh, which is one hour north of Brisbane on the coastline. Oh, look, it's really funny. I talk to people and, yeah, I'm fourth generation of my family to live here on the sunny coast, which you don't get that a lot. You know, we've got the whole typical street named after the family and all that kind of history. And a lot of people move to the Sunshine Coast, but you don't get true locals. But look, it's great, but I'm just sick of the heat, to be honest. Oh, you yeah, should come up no. here. And see <laughs> I, I legit get nosebleeds. Um, and oh, really? I, I've fainted a few times at 40 degrees. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not just a whinger. Like my body physically has, yeah. <laughs> Like just nosebleeds. Oh, there's nothing worse than sniffing blood. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> Hence, Tassie is very attractive. 
Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Yes. And and the beer yeah, farm exactly. or the hops farm. I'm, I'm just seeing beer. I'm not seeing hops. Be, I'm just yeah, seeing yeah. Beer. <laughs> On the days, you know, Ben's either flying in or flying out. Uh, he's going back to site. He'll catch a shuttle bus from home to the airport. Um, you know, generally speaking, with that being door to door, it's probably about an hour and a half. Uh, sit, wait at the airport, fly to Perth, get to Perth, just change um, terminals. I think he has to catch like, a bus to get to another site or something like that. And then waits a few hours, catch his flight to site, and then that's about another two-and-a-half-hour flight. So it's a long day. <laughs> and then, yeah, when you're only home for one week, you know, the fact that you're doing that, you know, it's the end of a swing. We'll fly back on the Tuesday, get home Wednesday morning and then do the same thing six days later. Yeah. So it's basically five full days off, two days travel. That's right. Well, that segues nicely into, in our industry, we talk about FIFO all the time, the FIFO inquiry and, you know, uh, it's like an umbrella term for people that work away, kind of. In my mm. in my uh, mind, and do you consider Dido and Bibo the same thing? Like drive in, drive out, bus in, bus out. I know there's uh, like it doesn't take as long. Although some people I know drive nine hours, um, but you're still away. You've still got the same issues pretty much. But we can't say hashtag FIFO Dido Bibo. <laughs> we <We'd> use, <laughs> use all our Twitter characters. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, yes. Look, I most definitely consider all of them to fit under the same umbrella. It's funny when you go and you talk and, oh, yeah, my husband is FIFO. They're like, oh, so he in the mines. I'm like, no, because it's not. I think generally speaking, a lot of people in society just assume FIFO is mining and it's actually a lot of it is construction, um, a lot of people don't realise that there's the construction of all these gas pipelines and everything going on there. So um, I find there's a bit of misconception sometimes in just what FIFO is, that it's not just mining, it's fly in, fly out. And it was funny, doing the podcast, I didn't realise, but I was getting quite a few followers in the aviation industry because they are pilots in, you know, cabin crew who are also flying, fly out, which... I never thought of it even kind of considered, but they very much face the same challenges as well. And they really are flying, fly out, aren't they? Quite, More yeah. than anyone <laughs> So you're, that's what your husband is? He's in construction? Mm, yeah. So he's an electrician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sparky. Yeah. So yep. and on, uh, on what, what part? of because it's still all the resources industry kind of yeah yes yes it is um so because it's a gas being a natural resource so yeah he's on um so he's a wheatstone at the moment helping with the construction of um yeah one of the trains there um you know it's kind of wrapping up now wheatstone but yes he's always been construction and prior to that he was actually working for a local power supply company as well, you know, just helping with power lines and, and that kind of work as well. But it it still really helps and which is why I have you on the podcast because it beers with a miner but um, construction is a big part of mining. 
You know, we, I, went, I went yes. into the mess the other day. I'm like, what the fuck? Where were all these people in here? Like, I had to line up out the door to get my dinner. And and I said to one, you know, I usually say good day. It's how I roll. And I, I, I said to the guy, well, what are you doing here? You're on a sh- oh, you're on a shutdown, and our wash plant was on a shutdown, and so yeah, hundred easy at that time came in, and so they just come in. He goes, yeah, we're the ones that come here and annoy everyone, and then we piss off. And I said, oh, not <laughs> annoying me. I got all night. You know, <laughs> I don't know what I said. Yeah, so, tried to make it <laughs> nice and light, but um, they're that they're, they're classic. That's a classic. So as miners, because like I say, beers with a minor podcast, but um, as miners, there are still a lot of people that are involved in mining that are construction or that are doing shutdowns Mm -hmm. or even the, you know, even the people running the camps and cleaning the crib huts and all of that, which is a huge part of what I do. What I talk about, it's not just uh, you have to be a miner or you're not allowed on the podcast, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's it's a life cycle, really, you know, in order to get essentially what's being mined to being ultimately used by a consumer. There's so many people that are part of that process, which, yeah, I guess the construction, whether that's the shutdown and the wrapping up of of an area or, you know, pre-mining. So Exactly, starting it up. And and they've got to deal with all the protesters chaining themselves to the train lines, but we won't even go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am in central Queensland, hashtag a dummy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I'll, I'll just touch on this and then we'll move on, but uh, I have an episode um, and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes, which will be madmumsy.com forward slash beers 43, the number four, three. And it's an episode all about what makes a real miner. And my partner is an underground miner and we were sitting and he thinks he's a real miner, you know, and now that I know more about underground, I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I kind of give you that. But um, we were sitting in bed having our morning cuppa and sunrise was on and there was a guy on there and it was a miner and I can't even remember what his story was but it was about a miner and we're like oh this is it well what's this and it was a, a chef in the camp well the real miner my partner he went off he's not fucking, that's not a miner he's a fucking chef he just beat Oh shit! Get him off! <laughs> and he got, and he went on, and so I wrote an article for Shift Miner magazine about it, and then I ended up doing a podcast about it. And um, it's the same thing, you know. Like I think it's anyone who contributes to co- the whole part of it. It's the people in the office, it's yeah. people at the camp. It's just, but no, the real miner doesn't agree. I bought him. I made a t-shirt on um, Spreadshirt, <laughs> and and it's uh, it says real miner noun. Any person who works underground <laughs> and gave it to him for Christmas. Oh. Oh but I, I think he only wears it when he visits me. I don't know if he's actually worn it to work. Oh my God. <laughs> and then I made another one for me, uh, and it was real minor. Now, anyone who works in a, in a mine, you know, anyone. So yep. that was it, yeah. Just off on a little tangent there. Your husband goes and works away for the first time. You've You've worked on some strategies. Lucky you had a mate who was doing it, so they told you about a couple of things and you you did the online hookups and stuff and that's got you through. What from that then made you think, 
oh, I'll do a podcast about it. How did, how did that transition? So the podcast actually kicked off when um, my partner started his second uh, FIFO role and that was more because I knew the first time around wasn't the greatest and if I kind of maybe did things a little bit differently, it might be a bit easier on me and it might be a bit easier on the girls. So, And part of that was really about expanding my support network at home. I struggle talking to just even my siblings about the challenges I was facing at home. And it's, again, another myth within the lifestyle, but, oh, you're on, you're on big money, you can pay for this and you can pay for that. And it's like, well, there's no point doing it if I'm just going to piss it up against the wall. So, um, you know, just getting babysitters. I couldn't just call anyone at a time to get a babysitter and all those little things you face when you're kind of a, a single married mum is what I call myself. I was... Oh. living the life of a single woman, but I was still married. So, um, you know, you can't just drop off the kids to the ex or whatever and go out and do things on the weekend like you traditionally would, um, you know, if you were living life as a, a single mum. But anyway, I pushed myself to just go out and meet new people and I thought I'm just going to start a podcast. Well, it's a way of actually documenting and sharing ideas outside of Facebook groups. I found there was so many Facebook groups and look to a point they do add value to other points. They're just, they can get nasty. Mm. Um, they sure can. Crazy. They sure can. Oh, they get nuts. Things get blown out of proportion and there's just not enough context. And I think that's the word context is what has been driving me to do a lot of things that I've been doing over the last 12 months. Um, the whole idea about doing the podcast was to provide context for the workers away, what life is actually like for the partner at home. Um, but also for the partners at home to have context of what it's like to actually be living on site. Mm. You know, I talked to, to many, let's just say female partners um, to, to women and they would get on these Facebook groups and would be pissed off that their partner's out having beers. And it's like, you know what, they, they're not, it's not like they're home every night going to the pub and they're on the piss. They're going to where they go to socialise. It's not, you know, it's, it's nothing more than that. Like that's where they go to socialise outside of work. And it's trying to really get them to understand if they want you know, they're a human being. They need social interaction. Um, so that's where they go for that. That's it's quite a, an understandable thing. So just little things like that. Um, and that's where the podcast really, really started was just talking about what life is like for different people, sharing tips on how they, you know, handle fly-out day and, and all those kind of things and the emotions that go with that and um, why they got into it and then also talking to a number of different people within the industry that help support people along the way as well. Yeah, and I really enjoyed listening to it and, oh, my God, I was so freaking excited that there was someone else talking about it as well and from a, diff- yeah. from a different angle because I know, especially with podcasting, you find one that's an interest that you like or whatever, and then you go, oh, what else is there about it, you know? So it, it's good to have more than one and not, you know, not just mad mumsy rabbit and on. But, um, <laughs> and, 
a lot of my guests were probably going to be along that line. And whereas I wanted my podcast to be, well, you know, you're making it up as you're going along when you're doing a podcast, it can evolve and it can do, it can do whatever. But I thought that's awesome. Juggling FIFO can talk more about that. And I can interview the old cranky dozer driver and the this and the that, you know, at the time, that's what I was thinking. And I think that's awesome. And I, you know, I've certainly interviewed a few people about families at home, like Kirsty O'Callaghan. We did two episodes and stuff. I know that you know her. I'll leave a link in the show notes, madmumsy.com forward slash beers 43. But I just need to ask before we move on with your podcast, did you have people ask you, so how are you making money out of it? Oh yeah. Look, there was, I had people that would just thought, why the fuck would you do that? Like my husband, he is, he needs to work for a union is what I tell him all the time because he is the most typical tradie. You work an hour, you get paid for an hour. Yeah. That's it. Um, whereas me, I'm very entrepreneurial and I see I will more than happily spend five, ten hours doing something if I know that it's going to pay off later down the track. I, I plant a lot of seeds. I make a lot of investment in my time in other areas and he just thought, why are you wasting your time on this? And I was like, well, look, this is great for me just connecting with people and, and what have you. He was like, well, how are you making money? And I'm like, look, to start off with, it's not about making money. Mm. There is some really lucrative ways you can do podcasting and make money. I think it always just comes down to why. Why did you start doing the podcast mm. in the first place? Absolutely. Who are your listeners? What do your listeners want? Like, are your listeners really going to listen to someone who's talking about this product or this service? And does it align with why you started it in the first place? That's true. So you did 18 episodes. I mm-hmm. believe I kept going back and going, oh, yeah, no, there's another one. Oh. Yeah, no, no, I think. I think there was 20 in total. Oh, okay. Um, well, maybe there was yeah. a couple of bonuses in there. I just had a quick <laughs> interview and yeah, it was episode 18. But if you do a bonus, it doesn't count as an episode number and I've stuffed my whole yeah. numbering system up a couple of times with bonuses. Well, fuck the bonus. <laughs> Let's just call it an episode. <laughs> yes. And I just put them out. And um, one more thing about podcasting and then I promise you that we will mm. stop. because Mm -hmm. I haven't interviewed a podcaster before, but were you regular? Were you every week or fortnightly? Or that's my biggest thing is trying to be regular. And 2018, my peeps, I'm I'm trying, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, definitely uh, the goal was for it to be weekly. And to be honest, that was probably part of the reason why it started wrapping up. Um, There was a couple of aspects. When I very first started... I smashed out and pre-recorded perhaps like six episodes back to back on one day. Um, and that, that is how you should be doing Batch, it. I, batching, 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 batching. They all say Absolutely. Yeah. Just smash them all out. You know, just, you can get a month's worth of content easily done in half a day. I mean, obviously that depends on the length of the episode. And I think a lot of people, also think podcasting is a lot easier than what it is because 
I'm sure that you're going to go through and edit all the awkward uh, uh's and, you know, all those things because, A, it makes us sound shit hot uh, and a lot more professional. <laughs> I'll leave a coupling because but... usually towards the end because I'm freaking over it. <laughs> did, you, did you edit your podcast as well? Look, sometimes I actually outsourced it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's what i um, And, yeah, because it's, it's about time, you know. I'd, I'd rather spend you know, swing 10 bucks US to some guy in India to quickly edit it. And, you know, now I've got more time to casually sit back and enjoy me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I want to do is, oh, and then we'll shut up about podcasting. But what I want to do is um, do the first edit because I know where the conversation went and what parts I want to keep and what parts that I don't. But I want an editor then to go through and clean up the background noise, clean up the ums and ahs and leave a couple in because it's natural. That's how we are. Or a bit more authentic. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We're not all that polished. No, and then put the advert in for the sponsor and do the intro and the outro and the music has to go up and then down. And, and you wonder why you don't do it every week and you work week on, week off. Come on, what are you doing, Matt? Get your shit together. <laughs> Now for a word from our sponsor. Welcome Julia Hartman and the Bantax Accounting Group to Team Mad Mumsy. Julia is my awesome accountant. She has written two books with financial expert Noel Whitaker and has a passion to help us miners make the most out of our hard-earned cash. Head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners. That's B-A-N-T-A-C-S to download your free miners booklet and a spreadsheet that will help you calculate the weight of your tools you need for your job. Why, you ask? You might be able to hitchhike a ride with them and claim your trips to work. Sounds confusing? Not at all. Just head over to bantax.com.au and let Julia and the team help you out. You will also find loads of free information and advice on property investing if you plan to really do some great things with your money. Again, that's bantax.com.au forward slash miners and tell them Mad Mumsy sent me. What new doors then opened? Let's, let's dive into what you're doing now because that's the exciting stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And look, I... As I mentioned, I started the podcast purely with the intent of forcing myself to connect with other people living the lifestyle, um, to share my tips and what I'd learnt, you know, as a as a mother of two going through the through the process, um, but also hoping to get those tips from other people as well. And during that process, I started hearing the same thing over and over again and that was had I known what I was getting myself in for, I probably wouldn't have done it. And I just felt so sorry when I'd hear that because entering the flying flight lifestyle has just been amazing for me and my family in, in many ways. You know, we started it with the intent of just getting a deposit for our home, for our, for our family home. Um, and we did that and I'm so grateful of that but my relationship with my husband is so much better now because we're actually forced to communicate <laughs> with, with each other we're forced to communicate to communicate effectively and we actually value the time we have together as a couple and the time we have together as a family so 
I'm really, really appreciative of the opportunity I've had. And it was when I started hearing that over and over again, the, the entrepreneurial spark within me, you know, come alive. And I just went, this is bullshit that I keep hearing this. It doesn't have to be this way. I know all these amazing people and these resources available. I need to find a way that I can connect people entering the lifestyle with these people. Um, so that's really where the idea of providing essentially a family induction program for families entering the flying flight lifestyle uh, came about. So after a number of months of working with people and, you know, refining kind of the different pain points and, and what that essentially looked like and the business model behind that as well, um, I've come together and, yeah, now have a legit company that I'm a director of and that's called, yeah, Distance Assistance. And I love the name. Yeah. yeah. I was just, I spent so long working on it and I was just like, Oh, I like this because, you know, obviously it rhymes, but I think it's, um, you know, we talked before, you know, if you're FIFO, does that also include Dido? And I think essentially all of it comes down and the most common theme is that you're, you're divided by distance from home and work. So you're divided by distance from your family and, and all those things. So it's about, yeah, kind of just providing assistance with people when all of a sudden there's this great distance between you and your loved ones and home. Is it a service? Is it software? Is it uh, an app? Is it one-on-one? Do you go around and feed the kids and the dog or...? <laughs> Surely not nah, that's not I, entrepreneurial, Renee. <laughs> nah, look, that that shit ain't scalable. No, no, yes, scale and grow, scale and grow. That's it. And look, that's why I stopped the podcast because I realised I need to be working on providing a solution that connects people at the starting point of this life cycle, of the journey, and I can have such a greater impact and do that at scale by focusing on my business. And that's, that's why the podcasts have stopped because yeah, I know at the end of the day, I'm going to have such a greater impact to so many more people by, by getting this off the ground sooner rather than later. Have you thought about doing a goodbye podcast or are you just kind of leaving it open? Because then that could then... Yeah. them through to the distance assistance like hey where's, where's Renee gone he's home drinking wine yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. she's rocking herself in a corner after oh. hearing people drink red wine with <laughs> ice she's <laughs> <laughs> in shock oh my god uh Look, I I don't want to, um, the way I see it is juggling FIFO now is probably more to do with my personal brand and me Uh, as a FIFO wife. Yeah. Um, I I very much do want to do the podcast. I want to continue doing the podcast. It's more, I see it on a a very long-term pause, but not uh, that's the end of it kind of thing. Yeah. And then distance assistance is more the business side of things. I still think it might be a good idea because like if they're like me and it's not just I'm stalking you because we're doing the same thing or well, you know, similar, yeah. but it's if there's people that are going, is she still there or is she not, they'll unsubscribe, delete, whatever. But if you at least put one out yeah. and say, hey, this is what's going on, I'm hoping to get back to yeah. it. But at the moment I'm kicking butt. 
I'm, you know, she's <laughs> going down here and uh, got oh, this, this assistance. And then they yeah. start following you on there and then when you eventually have that all set up and you, you know, got it sorted, then you can go back and come back to it. Your thing. I don't know. That's my That's- thought. <laughs> yeah. Like two bobs no, worth. Look, and it, <laughs> no, and look, it's funny because I did actually do a Facebook Live video because I thought, oh, look, I'll just get something out and tell people. But that just gets lost in the feed. I saw it. Yeah. That's how I'm like, oh, oh there's yeah. Renee. Yeah, she's yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I have to go to China. Well, I don't personally because I haven't been out of yeah. Australia and I have no intention of going anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you, I noticed on your Facebook that you're over in China. And so what was mm. that all about? Has that got a lot to do with the doors that opened between the podcast and distance assistance where you are now? Yeah, definitely. Look, there's a combination of things. So I um, I called it juggling the podcast juggling FIFO because I was just juggling so much. I was juggling, you know, being a, a full-time single married mum. <laughs> Uh, for four weeks at a time, I was at um, a point um, of my journey as well. I was juggling being um, the carer for my dad, who was in palliative care at home. I was juggling being a full-time student, not just at one university, but at two universities. So I was actually doing, um, you know, six units um, over one semester. So most people, a full-time workload is normally for four subjects and I was doing six um, at two different universities. <laughs> How do you, I don't know about universities too much, but are you allowed to go to two? I never heard of that before. No. Nah. Oh, you're not? Oh, nah. do, you want me, <laughs> nah. do you want me to edit that shit out? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so how do you um, do two? So you, you cannot be enrolled uh, simultaneously in two at the one university. In two So courses. I into two two courses. So I just went and enrolled at a different university. Well, nothing stopped. You know, like I said, I'm a disruptor. I, I don't do shit normally. <laughs> I, yeah, just was juggling so much. Anyway, it was a lot of my studies was very much focused on entrepreneurship and I did a minor at university. And this year I'm actually um, kicking off and doing a high degree by research at university and um, might have a, a tutoring op- opportunity as well. So actually oh. working at the university. I've been a research assistant and uh, took that opportunity earlier in 2017. And, yeah, now actually as um, part of the academic staff, hopefully it looks like this year in 2018. But, um yeah, look, I've been doing a lot of stuff on the Sunshine Coast in entrepreneurship, obviously got my own um, entrepreneurial drive with my business and, yeah, pitch distance assistance and what I'm doing there to some people that were taking applications for Australians and Americans uh, to have all expenses paid to go over to China for two weeks. So I was one of 20 delegates in the Australia, for Australia to China and we went to Shanghai, Beijing and Hangzhou. Wow. Hangzhou is, uh, that's where Alibaba's head office is. That's where everything happens there. It's a, a really actual beautiful, beautiful part of China. But, uh, yeah, went over there, just went to a whole heap of different co-working spaces, met with a whole heap of uh, 
different venture capitalists uh, pitching, you know, for investment and, and all those kind of opportunities uh, throughout the trip, which was, yeah, very, very exciting. And did that like just totally inspire you? and your entrepreneurial juices to just come back and kick shit with distance assistance. Before you left, did you have that idea and that plan and that name or did that come after China? The the concept and the business name was, was in place. The business model has changed a little bit since then and that was obviously because of the experience and, you know, there was 20 of us, 20 Australian delegates, but there was also 20 American delegates. And, you know, during the travels and we're all staying in the same accommodation, going out and, you know, having lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner with the same crew every day. All these amazingly entrepreneurial-minded people was just awesome. But, you know, they'd give you feedback. And, um, yeah, so I've kind of refined a few things since then. And, um yeah, I'm just so, so appreciative of, of the experience I had. So that was like a massive ongoing mastermind with yeah. a group of like-minded, oh, my God, I'd love that. If we could just do that in Australia, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, just, yeah. just great for your mindset. Mm. Like there's it's just, just a real great kickstarter, you know, like just to think everyone – you can have a job that you absolutely love, but every now and then you kind of just kind of lose your mojo. This, I was just like, woohoo, and I was just pumped the whole yeah. time and I come back and, yeah, it was sweet. Oh. So can you talk to us some more about distance assistance? We understand now the journey of how you got to this point and your why, which is always start with why, Simon Sinek. <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. Um, now the the how and the what and the nut the nuts and the bolts. What actually, what actually is it? What will it be? It's still in the forming mode, isn't it? At the moment, I believe. Yeah. Look, it's almost polished. We're just going through and polishing, you know, a few of the edges at the moment. But yeah, it's it's really exciting to to have gone from ideation phase to now actually having uh, a full working prototype for for organisations to essentially review and determine whether or not they feel it's a good fit for their organisation. The goal is that we will deliver um, the online program. So it's an online platform where employees and also their family members, so whoever their next of kin is, will receive access to uh, the distance assistance platform. And on there, there's going to be a variety of different types of content. So we have like a induction program, which talks about um, all different things and provides a realistic lifestyle preview. So it's giving people the idea of what living fly and fly out lifestyle looks like, what it looks like as a from a worker's perspective, what it looks like from the family members at home, and then also tips to help, you know, thrive and survive. So some of that um, has been created by like a lifestyle coach and talks about family resilience and communication and um, some practical tips about setting up communication routines, um, emergency contingency plans, and, you know, under what circumstances, you know, if there's an emergency at home, well, what is an emergency? Is it worth calling me at work or can it wait till tonight? Or 
you know. Um, so little prompts to have those conversations, really. I'll just uh, um, I'll just interrupt you there for a minute. Sorry, Renee, but I've had exactly that this week. I'm the worker away, and my mum lives in in um, in my house, in my other house, and the toilet's been overflowing. And I'm out at work and shit's gone down. Well, actually, the shit ain't going going down, you know. So, oh, and a lot of things that I've seen and heard and from interviews and um, in social media is the stuff happens when the partner is away. Uh, So that's a great point about having a contingency plan because, yeah, shit can and does go down. And sometimes it's minor shit and sometimes... (laughs) Sorry, can you can you tell I just called a plumber yeah. because I was over the, Yeah. Oh my god. But um that's where everyone needs to know is this important enough to ring work and make me come home or is this important enough or can we talk about it tonight or or we'll just talk about it when I get back but write it down so we yeah. don't forget or and stuff like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Like I um I had, I guess from, again, from personal experience, I, my daughter had this really bad rash. We kept taking her to and from the hospital and, um, the, and my husband was aware of that, you know, just kind of, Oh, look, there's just a rash, you know, um, what have you They It's not just a rash. Like I'm talking, it was like blood blister hickey, but that was the rash. Like it was like a blood rash. Um, anyway, a G- we went back and saw a GP and the GP said, take this to the hospital. Um, and pretty much I said, oh, what's this for? So there was some words on there that I'd seen and doing, you know, the Google search. Uh-huh. Dr. Dr. Google. Google. And, love that. Um, yeah. and yeah, so she actually had to get tested for leukemia. Mm. And wow. I mean, that's, that's any parent's worst nightmare, mm. you know, and it was just like, Ben was on site. He was um, at Curtis at the time, but the ferries had closed for the night. So I was like, is this worth stressing him knowing that he can't come home? He, it is, everything is completely outside of his control right now. So is this something that I should call him for him to be sitting in his donga stressing for five hours? Um, I made the decision not to tell him and then I told him afterwards. But look, for some people, they would have just made that phone call and it would have stressed the worker out. Because you can kind of understand that as you being the person having to deal with it, you need to, you, you need to talk to them about it as well. So there's that battle going on in your head, you know, and that's where a support system um, as well is huge. So did you have someone else that you could talk to before you spoke to him and did he handle you not telling him straight away okay? Or did he go, yeah, why the fuck funny. didn't you tell me? Oh, your kids are home. I better not say that word anymore. Oh, no, no. Because no, no, this is explicit <laughs> on iTunes. <laughs> if you want to work yeah. in the mines, you've got to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I'm like I should be working in mine site because I I swear my children created a swear jar for oh, me. Oh, that's um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really are the perfect guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, look, I had a girlfriend. I dropped um, my other daughter off at her house, and um, then we went to the hospital. But yeah, I didn't really have anyone to talk to and I think that was the other thing was the fact that I didn't have anyone like I was going through a horrible experience but 
because he was away, I didn't have anyone and I was just trying to be strong because I knew that it would do more harm than good for him. And when I explained it to him, he totally got it and yeah. he was just relieved that, that there wasn't an issue. But I guess with distance assistance, it's reflecting on both the experiences I've personally had, but the experiences I've had that I've heard, you know, from the podcast, from engaging with people through the Facebook groups and all, you know, the different meetup events and the face-to-face events, etc. So, and then of course, getting a whole heap of different amazing professionals, you know, I've got some people that are contributing content and a lot of them have actually worked on site. They're actually coming from the perspective of the worker as well. And um, that's awesome. I'm really really fortunate there that we're not just these people that are HR people saying, oh, you should consider this and you should consider that. These are coming straight from the horse's mouth. The content itself, there's so much amazing content in there. And as I mentioned, a lot of it is has been created by people who have been living the lifestyle firsthand. And that was really, really important for me. Um, to have people that have been living it firsthand or as a dead set minimum that they've been supporting people in the lifestyle. Probably the biggest person who's had my back from the start and, you know, we almost chat daily um, is Rachel Owen Deck. So Rach has had many years experience living a lifestyle. She's worked on the rigs, you know, offshore. She's um, been fly and fly out and she's actually just starting now drive in drive out as well so she ticks so many of the boxes she knows her shit she's got some great contacts and um like I said, she's had my back from the start she totally gets what I'm doing and and the driver behind it so we've got you know we've got a psychologist we've got nutritionists we've got um different personal trainers lifestyle coaches coordinators and just an array of people with different backgrounds that collectively together are really going to help families entering this lifestyle. Um, the goal is that the end user, what what the journey looks like is you'll accept a role with organisation A. Organisation A will have um, an agreement with us that all their employees and their next of kin get access to the platform and once you accept the job, you get access to the distance assistance platform and it's there that we'll have all this practical advice. And before you get out to site, um, you'll have, you know, a communication routine in place with your, with your loved ones. And it's not everyone is in a romantic relationship. Their next of kin could be their mum, It could be their siblings. So no matter what the relationship type is, the content is still appropriate for them. And, um, yeah, we really just want to make sure that people are are thriving and surviving in the lifestyle and there's no better time than doing that when they first accept uh, the job. So that's that's the journey that we're going in and, um, yeah, just really keen to talk to organisations about just getting this out there now. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And have you had some feedback from organizations that are that are keen because i know there's been a few fifo inquiries and a big part of the inquiry outcomes were about exactly what you're doing uh should there be there needs to be more inductions so many people that i've interviewed they rocked up at the helicopter with 
you know, two suitcases almost, and they laughed and said, you can only bring your toiletries pretty much, you know. So, <laughs> and you don't yeah. get told that shit. And then where do you put your stuff? That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite, that's I mean, exactly it. It's, it's the common saying is it's not, frick, I'm going to say, it's not fucking rocket science, but they <laughs> don't share it with you. You're like, one thing, one of the sites I went to, I went and I had an Optus phone back in the day. Who has Optus these days? I don't. Back in the day. I don't know anyone who has Optus, but anyway. But I got out there and I nearly had to throw my phone away. I had to go to the service station and buy a cheap, well, it wasn't that cheap and I didn't have that much money because I just started my job there, you know. It was about 100 bucks, I think, and it had a SIM card and that, but it was Telstra and I could get service. And there were phone boxes Mm -hmm. there. So I was ringing up. We put the old school, putting the money in. Oh. You need to have more money. No, they don't even have them anymore. You know, oh. so it's a little who, and who thing even like cash these days. Exactly. Yeah. But if someone, if I, when I got the job, the labour hire company had have said to me, "Now these are the things you need to know. Optus doesn't work out there. <laughs> you need a Telstra phone. You know, that's just one thing, one example. That brings me to a little." comment that you not little but a comment that you made to me as we were working towards planning our interview and you said about virtual tours can you talk to that because that freaking excited the hell out of me I'm like what really no um yeah so as I mentioned we've got some really amazing content uh to do with the family and communication and even some really dead set basic financial literacy just on how to set up a budget and things to consider about minimising your expenses. And that's that's core and that's generic to wherever you work, whether it's, you know, um, fly in, fly out, drive in, drive out, et cetera. But then to complement that, we're looking at having a site-specific module. And that site-specific module will say, you know, what's the mobile reception look like? What does... Um, you know, what's the laundry situation? Do you have to do your own laundry? Is it done for you? Like all these little questions. So we'll personalise that to the site. And then in conjunction with that, we'll also have some virtual tours available. So that way, before you actually get on site, you know what your dong is going to look like. You know where the mess hall is. You know what that looks like. Um, And it's not just so you know what it looks like. But again, back to the word context, it means that your family members and significant others have context on what life is really like for you as the worker. Mm. And that is freaking huge. That, yeah. that, that's, I, I, I love that. I, I remember um, because we can do our own virtual tour once we're there, really, but you haven't gone mm. there yet, have you? So you don't know. I, I remember it. I was talking to my daughter on FaceTime and I was out at a camp and she, and I said, I've got to go put my washing in the dryer because then I had to go to sleep and it would be all that. It's getting late. And I said, come for a walk with me, but you have to be quiet because everyone's asleep, you know. And, and I walked out and I turned the camera around, swizzle it around, you know, and I showed her. And when I got to the laundry, I said, okay, you can talk now. And I said, look at all these machines. There's like 20 machines and 20 dryers and they're all cranking and stuff. And she goes, oh, my God, Mum, it looks like a jail. And I said, oh, no, 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 
know, you know, didn't you see the pretty palms and the, you know, <laughs> I'll do it again yeah. in the daytime. But there's, you know, two rows of dongers and now that I'm somewhere else where I can see the sky and everything, it kind of was. But I was, you know, you'd come out of your door, you'd sit on your step, you'd put on your boots, you'd look across there and there's old mate putting on his boots and and then you were lucky if you got one on the, or to me because I cared about the sky. If I got one on the end, I could see the sky, you know. So a big oh, part of where yeah. I'm working now I love because the accommodation, I can see there's not, it's not like that. It's different. It's lovely. So I, that's, it's a, it's a big part of it, but it was good for Mad Mumsy to experience that kind of actual camp life. It was the first time I'd done a real camp. Yeah. I'd lived in a town before, you know, but in dongers and stuff, but not, yeah. So it, it's helped me to understand a lot more of what my sister, hard hat mentor, what she goes, has been through for 30 mm. years. And my mum, she used to be in the mines and everything. There's episodes about her. I'll leave links to that in the show notes, madmumsy.com forward slash beers 43. Yeah, virtual tour. How cool is that? Yeah. And do you think com- absolutely? Do you think companies will jump on board with that? I can't see why not. Because why wouldn't they? Exactly. And this is the thing. Um, so when I was in China, you know, I was talking. I was really fortunate. I got to talk to a different number of manufacturers that are, are creating the actual hardware. Um, we've opted to go with just a Google um, cardboard. So we've got our own personalized. Uh, distance assistance, virtual tour, cardboard headsets. So we will essentially just have the organisation will provide us a list of either, um, and this is the choice again, is during the selection process and when you're applying for the role, um, that they might actually make this mandatory during the selection process. You know, how committed are you to living this lifestyle? Do a a site tour, visit the site. Um, Now... I've heard of stories, and this is why the VR was really interested me, was that I was hearing stories that people were quitting, um, you know, after one night or even after a week because they didn't know what they'd signed themselves up for or their partner at home didn't know what they'd signed up for. And that's expensive for the company. And then you think about what that actually means for the family. That means someone in the family has quit potentially a full-time job, a really good local job that's hard to get. Yeah. Finally, They've I'm going to be a rich there. miner. Oh, no, I'm not. That's I can't it. do this shit. I'm going back. Because, Counts. yep, either the wife is gone, nah, get your ass home, I can't handle the kids on my own. And then the all husband, of a sudden. Or the husband because the wife's with you. That's yes. right. There's a lot of women that's out there. Right. You know, or, <laughs> yeah. Or it could be that. All of a sudden, you know, um, with an aging population that someone's parents need full-time care or or something's happened and they have to come home, you know. Um, But all of a sudden they've just lost this income, they don't have a job and it's like that adds, that's a stressor. And, you know, we talk a lot about mental health but these are all stresses and if we can actually help people know what they're getting themselves in for and as part of the selection process, making sure that, the person applying for the job is actually interviewing the company. They're actually going, is this someone I want to work for? Is this somewhere that I want to live for four weeks at a time? If it's not, then it's probably great that you've actually made that decision before you've committed to the job and got on site. So 
yeah, really keen to actually have this as part of the selection process, but also then to help the family at home have context that, no, I'm just not, I'm not going to have beers with the boys or f- with the girls every night because I'm a pisshead. I'm going to have a beer because I need to socialise with another human being. And I need to um, talk about the shit that went down today and we'll fix it over a beer sometimes. That happens as well. Or not necessarily over a beer, says Mad Mumsy. But it might be I'm going to play tennis or we're going to play touch football up here. They go and play touch footy or whatever on Sundays, our crew. I haven't quite got there yet because I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. (laughs) I nearly (laughs) went this week. I really did. I thought, no, I I need to go. But I've been watching the cricket. I love cricket. And the BBL's been on and the, you know, you talk about connecting with your loved ones or whatever. Oh, the real minor, he was, um, oh, we, we have our texts and then he was out at work. But I came home and every night for seven nights, and now my dad will be messaging me again soon when I go off aeroplane mode, we watched the BBL together. And I was in my, in my room out at work, out at camp. And I, was ha- I had my one beer with my neighbour so we could catch up because he's on a different part of the mine. So, you know, any rumours? What? How was your day? What did you do? Yeah, this, that, that. Did you get much sleep? Nah, shit. Nah, nah. Right? And then he went, watched cricket and um, texted my dad. Oh, and, you know, he gets really cranky because he's getting old. Love you, Dad. But he... Um, Uh, but one thing that did happen and I'll say this then don't let me keep talking about cricket but he rang me to watch the last over together right it was only on the phone but we were both watching it on the telly and he's in South Australia and I'm I'm up here in central Queensland and (laughs) he's telling me oh no LB this that like what hang on and there was a two second delay I was getting it after. So I'm telling Dad, shut up. And then yeah. he was getting cranky. I said, he goes, this isn't working and hung up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we stick to text. <laughs> yeah. Look, and I think it's funny. I, you know, you talked about your love for Optus. <laughs> I, I used to work for Telstra and I'm totally like, I love Telstra. Um, I'm one of those people that back them all Me the way. Me too. I've got Telstra I, everything. Yeah. yeah. And I loved, it was probably about 18 months ago, they started this whole new marketing campaign and it was just talking about technology and it was really demonstrating technology and how it's being used. And I think there's so much possibility um, with how, with all these emerging technologies, Um, VR in particular really, really excites me and it was Samsung that actually showcase one of their new VR headsets and they did a campaign. I'll I'll share a link with you, uh, particularly for any of the listeners that want to check it out. But the marketing campaign was about a FIFO worker who was on site and he was unable to get home in time for his wife who was in labour. So they set him up with a VR headset, had uh, live feed VR cameras in the birthing suite. And he was actually there for his child's um, birth virtually using virtual reality. And you just think, look, virtual reality seems really crazy, but the technology is evolving so quickly. It's possible, you know, for 
for two years, you know, two years' time for a lot of homes to be having VR cameras and you could be living away, but you could be there for your kid's birthday party Mm. in virtual reality. You can still enjoy a lot of those significant milestones. Well, and you can can still even do that, like just walking around with the iPad on FaceTime without the whole, you know, virtual reality weird looking head thing. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. that'll be like, whoa. Matrix yeah, experience. exactly. Yeah. And how funny will that be in years to come? They go, oh, remember all those people, those dickheads walking around mm-hmm. with that shit on their head? Like walking around with a brick that was yeah. called a mobile phone, you know, in the case. <laughs> and look at those. Oh, yes. So there's a lot of really awesome stuff that's happening. And, um, yeah, there's a, quite a few things we're looking at doing. Um plugging into a few other emerging technologies. So chatbots being another thing where just like having a messenger conversation, but, you know, by having a a lot of data and looking at a lot of the conversations and information people are looking for, we're looking at actually turning a lot of the content we have on our platform, hugging that in the back end so people can actually have a chat with distance assistants as a person and we can provide them that content in a conversational way as well. So. That's so up my alley. I'm so excited for you. I'm like, yeah, go. That's so good. I freaking love technology. And and I, I saw in something that you put on Facebook about how busy you are with um, kids and partner and uni and travel and uh, coding. Mm. So you're yes. obviously into all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, total, total geek. <laughs> my sister calls me Sheldon. And I'd never heard of Sheldon. Oh. I'm like, what the fuck is oh. hey, Sheldon? And then when she showed me, said on um, Big Bang Theory, and I seen him, I said, he's a weird, freaking, ugly-looking scientist. Why would you call me that? And then I started watching the show, and I said, oh no, I ain't. I'm um, that. I, that's not me. You know, I I learn things on YouTube. Watch a 14-year-old boy from oh. Yugoslavia, or I don't know, some with a different language. Tell me how to do something that I'm stuck on on my WordPress site, and you know, yeah. my, you know, I just love it though. I could talk to you about that forever, but we won't oh. go into that on the podcast because we have been going long. Anything else more you wanted to say about distance assistance? We'll share the links or like where mm. where to head to shortly. But is there anything else that's coming that I don't know about? Uh, there's so much I could talk all day, particularly about the emerging tech. Like there's I would love to actually, um, once, you know, I've got a bit of money with distance assistance and have conversations, I'd love to have virtual reality gaming warehouses on the sites. Have you you heard about? Yeah, in Melbourne, and they're just opening one in Brisbane, there is a virtual reality gaming warehouse where you can have up to, I think it's 12 players at a time. You have virtual reality headsets on and... Um, you can run around in a warehouse with a physical toy gun and it's connected and it's, yeah, just like playing Xbox or PlayStation. It's a, a game simulation. Um, it'll send you a notification when another player is, is within like a metre and a half so you don't run into each other. But you're physically active. You're running around. You're working up a sweat. You're gaming and you're interacting with all your peers and that kind of stuff. So. Um, knowing that the gyms and getting into them is, is a bit difficult. I'd love to kind of look at offering an alternative solution, knowing that there's a lot of guys on site or a lot of individuals on site 
that have their PlayStations and their Xboxes and, and do a bit of gaming. Oh my God. The real miner is, yeah, he... Yeah, the real miner. He never listens, but he's he's a yeah, he's a gamer for sure. Yeah, yeah. He just sent me a yeah, message definitely. today. He's he finished this morning night shift, and um, yeah, he messaged me today and said, "Oh, I've got this new game and everything." I said, "I think my grandson was playing. He's got these ideas about making his own, and you know, who's going to do that?" Sheldon. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I did a whole heap of stuff for him and then he bloody lost it on his computer. I'm like, well, Uh, you know, I'm busy here. (laughs) Look, and I am very much up to date and constantly looking at a lot of different evolving um, and emerging technologies and that's part of, you know, being an entrepreneur and being plugged into that kind of ecosystem. But, you know, um, at the university, there's lots of stuff going on with um, serious games development. Um, I've got quite a few friends that are doing that, that are writing papers on that, but also working with, you know, ACARA, which is who sets the national curriculum in schools mm-hmm. and looking at ways of embedding a lot of that kind of stuff. So I'm really fortunate to have some really cool contact contacts and, and good friends actually in the space that are just doing really cool things. Oh, yeah. So I'd love to ultimately look at ways, that, you know, we could gamify different roles within mining so then um, significant others at home can game and play, you know, daddy's job or mummy's job on site and those kind of things and kind of get excited and have, again, some more context of what what site life is like and, um, yeah, just a whole array of of different possibilities later down the track. Oh, my God, I'm so excited for you right now. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we might start to wrap up because we've been going long, but that's how we roll. Yeah. With the miners. It's good. That's what I love about podcasts, right? We won't go back to podcasts, oh. but it can be as long or as short as I want. And I have had people, I have, oh, long story, but podcast award nominations and stuff and, oh, you know, uh, it's a bit long. No, well, it's not long for my market because my the people that li- a lot of the people that listen to my podcast travel shitloads, or they're driving in their truck. And for we got, I got twelve hours to kill on my USB, you know, or it's a two-hour trip to work for me. So I haven't mm-hmm. got, and it's one of my pet peeves is a lot of podcasters talk about uh, a forty-five-minute commute. Okay, yeah, no. like. It's a lot of assumptions, yeah, a lot exactly. of assumptions. So not me, yeah. I just, you know, I'll cut a lot of stuff out. But this, yeah, that's what I love about podcast. Another thing I love about podcasting is we just go, I don't want to say, right, I've asked the questions and our time is up unless your time, you know, we, and we, 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 we yeah, we got to go now, bye. And I've listened to podcasts like that before and it's like, no, you were just starting to, get into it oh, i didn't even hear the bit and it's all about just selling someone something you know so no that's not how mad mumsy rolls okay i've got two questions left being my sure. time you might have to see your kids um what do you think it takes for a woman to thrive and survive in male dominated industries and as a side note to that is the startup space which i know you're highly connected with at the moment is that majority men? And what about when you went to China? Was it just you, the only girl? Look, uh, first part of the question, what do women need? Uh, depends. Um, look, it's pronounced a different 
sort of ways, but some cojones, um, C-O-G-O-N-E-S, which is a word used for female balls. Women need more balls. They, hey, hey, um, hey, hang as, on a minute. Gabby, <laughs> I've got to write that down because I just say balls. <laughs> oh, no, there's a, there is an actual word for it. So spelling C-O-J. J. O-N-E-S. O-N-E-S. Oh, so I thought you were saying a big kahuna. You need someone back. Oh, no, you yeah, need no. Kahunas. You need balls. Yes. Right, oh, carry on. <laughs> female balls. As growing up as a female, traditionally speaking, we're told to look pretty and to do this and look a certain way. Um, as a boy, yeah, look at that tree, climb, go to the top for a girl. Oh, don't climb the tree. You know, you're wearing a dress. People will see your undies. That's from such a young age, we're told not to, to reach for anything. We just need to get some balls and we just need to go for it no matter what. So that's, that's what we need, um, to really thrive and survive. Um, in the startup space, look, it's not, it's becoming a, bit more diverse um when you're looking at venture capitalists and there's been actually quite a few studies looking at the success rate for um startups that have a male founder versus female founder um males will have a much higher success rate of applying for for capital um and for funding compared to females and you know part of that's just growing a set you know just ask for it a lot of the time um females we overanalyze things guys just go for it you don't just don't think um mm-hmm. you have to think sometimes but i mean we overanalyze how we perceive what we look like you know what it's all well and good to to think about it you just got to do it sometimes so um yeah that's probably my biggest thing is just just go for it you know grow a set just get some confidence people say fake it till you make it I think you, you've got to have that drive. As long as you've got that drive, just know that that's what's driving you and um, have the confidence to help fulfill that. And I guess, you know, like I'm a, a FIFO wife looking at offering something within, you know, HR. I've worked in HR for corporates beforehand um, here in Australia, but, you know, I'm a FIFO wife. Who, who the hell am I to help tell FIFO workers how to all of a sudden start working on sites well I'm not the person but I've collaborated with some really awesome people and that's because I grew a set and just put myself out there and just started talking to people so yeah bit of a long-winded answer there that's great and I so wanted to interrupt I'm like no shut up shut up shut up this is gold (laughs) (laughs) that's gold that's awesome and I put a post on LinkedIn just for Christmas, I think about imposter syndrome, and um, oh. and I funkily threw out. I said, "Who am I to have done this? Who am I to do this? Who am I?" It was basically my life story outline. Because anyway, long story why I did it, but a comment on there from another podcaster, Phoebe Moroshek, who has a podcast called The Unbecoming, which I love. It's just like just do your own shit, basically. Um, (laughs) but in an entrepreneurial way and she commented and said, and I've heard this so many times and as soon as she put it, I was like, I knew that it was like, who are you not to? And it's like you, who are you to tell people, uh, or help people about living a FIFO life or being a FIFO partner or whatever, 
well, who who are you not to? Because you've yeah. been through it. So, you know, it's people like you, and and I'll put my hand up as people like me, and it's like my sister and heaps of other people that have been on my podcast that are out there doing it. And we get we got to keep doing it because there's too much shit going on. There's too many too many people that you know that on the ultra ends of the scale from um suicide to not giving a fuck to crashing to doing all the wrong things at work right down to just saying the wrong thing or not contacting family you know all of the levels are so far but if if people start to be aware of what what can and does happen um and we all help each other through it and the conversation like the are you okay just that in itself has been huge to start opening yeah. up and mental health and because I had Brendan the CEO Brendan Ma the CEO of Are You Okay I interviewed him episode 19 and um mm-hmm. you know people are talking about stuff now we've had FIFO inquiries yeah. we've we've had a couple you know and now the next thing here is contractor inquiries and labor hire but we won't even go there <laughs> So, yeah, and it's funny to. because of those inquiries, like I've looked into quite a few of the, rec- you know, this is the academic within me and um, look, looked at the recommendations. One of the recommendations was that families receive mental health literacy. Now, yeah. What the fuck? Like, and, uh, sorry, I'm no gonna, one's giving that. I'm going to interrupt. No one's giving that. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt because what is mental health literacy? That's what, a, f- yeah. a pamphlet that says, Oh, yeah. I don't know. What, like what? It needs it's to all be so much more. It needs to be like what, yeah. you, like what you're doing, what other people are doing. And it, it needs to be more than a pamphlet that you get when you get everything else with 20 other pamphlets that when you first start a job, you know. It, no, even that wording is wrong. Yeah, it needs to be done in a meaningful way that the everyday person can actually go, oh, yeah, that makes yep. sense and and what have you. And, um, and it's good. You, sorry, I'm gonna, this is how I roll. I that's interrupt cool. because it, it, we're going deeper into the conversation. That's what I do. So instead of literacy, uh, you know, using new technology, helping people yeah. to connect, helping people to see and feel and know what, they're what to expect what they actually are doing and even if it's not you know with your weird freaking cardboard thing on your head but you know (laughs) go and take your kid for a walk around and if she says it looks like a jail say yeah well you know what it fucking feels like a jail sometimes but I like to look at the sky and I look for a bird when this is how I roll I look for a bird when I see one look at that bird in the pit how dare you be here? Yeah. Hi, how you going? I see the saucepan in the sky and I always wave. How's it going? All my angels are up there, you know. No, and it is those little things particularly, you know, I've been really fortunate a few times where the hubby has called me um, and he's been walking to the mess um, for dinner and it's been right on sunset and I'm like, holy shit, like that looks so beautiful, yeah. you know, and like how often I don't even I've never very rarely have I been able to to see a sunset like see that over the horizon with nothing between me and the you know and the the horizon and look to some people that brings up feelings of isolation and what have you but for some people like 
they never even see that in their lifetime. Like it can look absolutely amazing, you know, and being connected with mother nature in that respect is, is, is pretty cool as well. And you kind of, I say at least once a swing, I reckon I say it almost makes it worth being here. You know, it might be a sunrise, a sunset, the full moon and the clips, you know, because you've done night shift and the sun's coming up or the, yeah. And then people go, no, we should be on a, we should be on a boat fishing. And everyone always says with beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'll have yeah, a you tea. Gotta, <laughs> you got to have the esky full of beer when you start and then it's empty to put all the fish to in. Put the fish in yeah. And I'm not a fisher yeah. person, which is something that, you know, my crew always talking about fish and I'm like, yeah, fish and shooting pigs and stuff. I'm like, yeah, not my, oh. not my thing. I'm like, oh. Anyway, we really better start wrapping up because um, yep. it's too much editing for yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's all right. No, it's gold. <laughs> it's gold coming right here out of the ceiling. So last, last question, and I need a beer. No. <laughs> um, what is your happy place to go to unwind, reflect and stay sane in your, especially you, your fast-paced life? Yeah, look, for me, it is about a 10-minute drive from where I live and that is right on, um, at the beach, uh, Point Cartwright, uh, here on the Sunshine Coast at Kiwana. Funny. Yeah, it's... <laughs> look, I've, I've had many uh, drunk and high school days out there, but that's not why I love it. Um, it's just such a beautiful spot it's um you know obviously on the beach there's a lighthouse and then there's a, a little cove as well um and you've got the mouth where all the boats and the yachts come in so it's uh and there's a quite a bit of bush as well so um little bush and rainforest so you get like the best of both worlds you get the beach you get the the lookout then you've got the sheltered little area and all the rock pools and then you've got this beautiful um, lush rainforest feel for part of it as well so it ticks so many boxes and and that's that's why I love it oh perfect okay so in closing is there anything else you would like to say to call this episode complete for you Oh, look, um, obviously want to thank you so much um, for your time and interviewing me today. Um, It is great to always talk to another podcaster. This is the second time I've, um, you know, been on a podcast with another podcaster. So it's it's always really interesting. I'm not your first. That's it. Get off the list. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) I'm a podcast slut. No. (laughs) I'm not yet. I'm not yet, but I need to be. but um so yeah thank you for that for any of the listeners guys if any of you like the idea of what i'm doing get in touch and just let me know um part of it's just customer validation you know we're in startup mode and the more validation we can have that what we're doing is what people in the industry want always welcome to hear that if you have any ideas on content or some practical tips that you would like to you know, part on to others via distance assistance, shoot them through. Um, we're on Facebook, uh, distance assistance. You can find us there. Or if you um, are a decision maker on a site or you know someone who is, feel free to, to share and let them know what we're doing as well. Ultimately, you know, you might be able to help other people have a really awesome experience 
living this lifestyle and, and help them thrive and survive. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I'll leave all the links to that in the show notes and madmumsy.com forward slash beers 43. And did you know that when you're with an iPhone anyway, when you're listening to a podcast, if you scroll down, you can see the show notes and the links are there and you can click on the link from within the show notes app from within the podcast app now. And uh, yeah, so I'll add all those links into those show notes as well as the show notes on my website. So you can be listening along and then you can go and have a look and sign up for whatever it is. So that's awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Renee. It's been great to have you on the podcast and to hear all of these exciting Sheldon things that you were doing. You are my Sheldon. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that hard hat mentor? (laughs) It's time to say goodbye now. We could chat all day and I have been known to. All the links we discussed in this episode are at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 43. That's madmumsy with a Z or a Z depending where you're from and the number 43. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And please share with your mates. Grab their phone, find their podcast app, search for Beers with a Minor and subscribe them. Just like you have. You have, haven't you? What? Also, if you know anyone looking for a job in the mines, send them my way. Madmumsy.com is a great place to start their search for that dream mining job. And thank you so much for listening. Until next week time whenever i get around to it stay safe be real be special and have fun for we only live once cheers